Welcome to the Kingdom Life San Antonio podcast. For more information about Kingdom Life San Antonio, check out KingdomLifeSA.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. How's everybody? Am I on? Yeah, there we go. How's everybody doing? Yeah, she needs that. Um, it's funny when you go Thanks. preach with your wife, uh, Ben Hallback. There's a Mexican food restaurant in. Just tell me where to go. In a Mexican food restaurant in in uh, Austin called El Royal, and they have these funny, funny signs. They're always putting out funny things. And today's sign, or the one he posted, was this. It said, "Never criticize your wife for her choices because you were one of them." That's a good point. <laughs> so you got to kind of remember that when you're co-preaching. There's no criticism because I was one of her choices. But we're, we're excited about this tonight. We thank you all for coming just to, tonight. And um, we, you know, it's been a 10 and a half year journey of this church. And i tell you what, it has evolved in so many different things in regards to people coming, different people, different expressions, different likes. And we're, we're excited to share, we're going to share a couple things tonight. One, for your newcomers, and just so we have it archived as we're talking about it's not a new vision. It's an extension of this vision. Just like I talked about three weeks ago or two weeks ago at the very end about hitting culture, create, transforming culture. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build just for 10, 15 minutes a rehash. Some of you who have uh, who've heard this before, you're going to hear it again. But it's, ne- you know, to know what our core foundational vision is. And then Kelly's going to spend a lot more of the time on more, ca- more, well, back and forth, where we're going. So, you know. Can I but, say something really yeah, quickly, though? Where is Brittany? Yeah, there you are. Hi. Um, I did. I loved how you started us at the beginning and said, you know, just how we started in the house and just the stripped down version of just this very intimate. And I, it's like I felt so overwhelmed up there tonight because, um, you know, we never had this desire in our heart. We were going to like start this big church and we didn't know what it was going to look like except that we were obeying God. I know Joey's going to talk about that, but we just wanted to gather with our good friends um, around the presence of God in worship. And it all did begin in a living room. And I do have this dream in my heart to have a building that's just a big living room that's so comfortable and that everybody feels good coming into and that we could all be in together worshiping God, but then share an amazing meal with and cup of coffee or maybe a glass of wine if you like that. Like I just, I, I, the intimate expression of community together around the presence of God and worshiping, it hit me so strongly again tonight. I felt like I was back in our living room on what did I even Canterbury know? Hill. Canterbury Hill. And um, anyway, I, and also I just felt so, and I know I say this a lot, but I do, I, I feel such this deep privilege of getting, I'm shrinking, I feel this deep privilege of getting to um, lead here with such an amazing body of people, and I love all of you. I know that I don't, we haven't had the time to even all co- to connect, but I want you to know that we so take this seriously and carry you in our heart. We really do count it a privilege just to, and whatever capacity God allows us to be involved in in leading this body. We really do thank you guys. So yeah. We're not perfect. This We're just shrinking. in process. And just yeah. just trying to be who God's called us to be. So um uh is Brent here? Yeah he Brent's here. Brent <laughs> and Brittany Brent really helped me put the GTE vision that we're going to talk about. So give Brent a hand. He puts he put, he met with me four or five times. He put a lot of slides together for me um, and was and was patient with me, very patient with me as I externally processed a lot of stuff. 
And so he could go, oh, this is what you're thinking. And so this is what you're, you're dreaming about. And so tonight, what, you know, it goes back to October of 2010, guys. And a lot of you know this. And so I think, you know, it was us and the Baileys and the West. For some of you who don't know the West, please stand, Randy and Linda, <laughs> just so people know. They're the West. And then the Yonkers, they're not here. And our children... We decided to come into a living room and say, hey, God, here we are. What do you want to do? Not, God, you know, here's what we want to do. Bless it. And all we want to do is gather around the presence with each other and our children. And then out of it birthed this thing we call kingdom life today. But the, but the vision still hasn't changed about gathering around the presence and seeing people transformed. So right near that date, we went to uh, Bethel. And it was a whole week of... Um, getting sewn into, and some intercessors, and just for the record, most of you heard this probably five times, but bear with the ones that haven't. And so some intercessors prayed in a room the whole week we were there, and when that week was up, we went into this room, and you couldn't take a book, Bible, anything. You had to go, go in there, and there was pillows, blank, you know, blankets, like area set up, worship music, music going, and they just wanted you to soak in the presence of God. So in this time, I, you know, at this point in my life, I wasn't a real um, soaker. veteran soaker. <laughs> I mean, anybody that knows me knows I can't sit still. You know, I have a lot of energy. And so the thought of sitting in a room, music playing with nothing, and it's a work day. So I know my phone is out there going off and that I had to sit there for an hour and a half. And I was going, God, how am I going to do this, you know? Um, I needed some Lunesta or something. So we get in there. That would make you sleep here. Huh? That would make you uh, sleep here. To make it an uh -oh. hour and a half. So then we get in there, and I lay, and I lay down. And it's no kidding. I, I want to tell you, I lay down with my feet up like this, you know, my hands to my side, on my back with my knees up, if you can picture that. And then worship started. The, the music was playing. And then I started to move. And all I heard in my spirit was, be still, and I felt pressure on my shoulders and said, be still, sit back down, I want to speak. And it was pretty much how I heard it was, be quiet and listen, I'm going to give you a vision for something. And for an hour and a half, I couldn't even twinkle my fingers, I couldn't move my feet, my hands, my legs, I was frozen. And I had a download that, I was, my first part was, Lord, can I, I, I was panicked because I was going, how am I going to, how can I write this down? I don't really have a good memory. And he pins me to the floor and gives me this vision about gathering and transforming and equipping. And a little side note to this story is that I said, well, what about sending? Because we always talk in the church about we send people. And he said to me, he goes, when people become sons and daughters and know who they are and know what they get to do, they're going to do it naturally out of who they are in me. You don't have to send sons and daughters. They go and do what they're supposed to do. But they never forget home. They never forget home, but they go and do who, what they're supposed to do. And so this, so then the hour and a half came up, Jeff and Amory and Kelly are somewhere, I don't know, I bolted out of there real fast, and I wrote this down. This is what he showed me. And it was gather, transform, equip. As you can tell, I write like a second grader, I know. <laughs> I have no writing skills whatsoever. He gave me the number three for divine completeness and perfection. Divine completeness, meaning a vision that actually incorporates people coming together in community like he desires around his presence that will be transformed uh, by the presence of God and by the body and worship and miracles and equipped. 
And this is, and he ran out, and I ran out and put this down, and I actually didn't even know the details of what it meant. But I knew there was something about what he gave me. The one below is, was for me. And creative works. He gave me the number four in creative works and gave me a laundry list of stuff that I continue to work on this day because he has continued to shape me and form me. Because I don't know if I ever arrive there, but I, I listen better than I do. To some of you, I probably don't. I lead better than I did. I love better than I did. And I lift people up better than I did. But I'm still in my process of leading that way to see gather, transform, and equip in the kingdom and kingdom life become the very thing God, the vision God gave me. But there's more to it. That was the seed of the vision. And so when you look at the first slide that Brent made for us in, in the gather, transform, and equip, I spoke about this last two weeks ago. Well, no. Oh, that's not mine. Th those are Kelly's. Is <laughs> how do you run a church and build people without building a church? Because most of the time when you start building a church, we stop building people and start educating them. That, that was something that stuck to me, and that's why I said it two weeks ago or three weeks ago when I preached. Because this, the, the, the franchise model of church today is, here's what we do. We're going to give it to you fast. We're going to give it easy. We're going to give you inexpensive. It's not going to cost you a thing. And you're going to come back for more and come back for more and come back for more. So we don't want to educate people. We want to see people get transformed and then equipped to be who they're called to be. And so as this thing progressed and as Brett and, Brett and I talked, go to the next slide, please. Next one. Next one. Great. Gather. I'm, going, I'm kind of skipping because I want to spend more time on what Kelly, Kelly's going to start off and we're going to talk about. The gather, people always ask, gather, transform, equip. Give us some skin on this because when people come to the church, you want to know, you know, that's what one thing that he kept asking me, like, what does it look like? Because we can come up with words, right? We come up with words all the time, Christian language, and, and people don't understand what it means. Even Christians don't know what it means. You almost need a translator. And so when you get gathered, it's like outcomes. What are the outcomes of gathering? Connecting with God. That is our most important aspect of the gather is connecting with God. That's why a lot of times we partner with one who, uh, Joel, Joel and Casey are here, because they help people practice hearing from God. That you're not dependent upon the oracle. You're not dependent upon someone. You're dependent upon your ability, your spirit, the spirit that lies inside you to hear from God. Because if, if you don't need an intermediary anymore, Jesus is our intermediary. You have people and giftings and callings and stuff that help and come rub up against you, that help you see who you are as a son and daughter. But for you, hearing the voice of God is the, one of the most important things you can do in your life. And the church is not responsible for that. They want to create an atmosphere where you can encounter that. Amen? And that's, that's why I love when God gave me this vision because it also put personal responsibility on the people that come. We don't want to be the, you know... There's not a totem pole here of leadership. There's a round table where everybody brings their gifting. There is honor of authority and, and things like that and giftedness, but there's nothing to do with everybody comes and gets to eat. Everybody gets to eat at the table. And that's why we gather around the transfer, uh, and to connecting with God. We connect with each other. And then the, what's the result of connecting with God and connecting with each other? We actually connect with ourselves. 
our identity, who you are as a son and daughter. People, God speaking, people rubbing up against each other, doing life, dealing with your stuff. Scraping away all the protective boundaries, all the protective measures we had to come out to the true you, who God created you to be. And so the identity self, as you know, is something we preach a lot around here. Because if we know, you don't know who we, you are, the very thing, and I'll say this again later, like I said three weeks ago, you'll be a very gifted person and you'll weaponize your gifting because you haven't dealt with your stuff. That's why it's G-T-E, not G-E-T, gather, equip, transform. Because when you're equipped with your gifting and haven't had a started a process of transformation, you'll weaponize your gifting. You'll make it to something that God didn't intend because he, his giftings always flow through the power of the Holy Spirit in love. And so connecting with our identity, we say methods, Sunday service. That's one of them. It's not at all. Guys, we're not about the Sunday service, but we're also about it. It's and and both. There's a, there's a whole flow going on right now. I don't need the church. I got my own church. There's six of us. We got a church. Great. That's great. I'm not even going to argue with it. I don't see that in Scripture. I see a collective coming together because of the giftings. And so we gather on Sundays. We have special events like kickball where teams are going to be competitive and beat each other up, pull hamstrings. I pulled my hamstring the first one. That's what Chuck didn't say. But special events, groups. I know the Lelands and different people in here. The Torvix, there's people doing groups around the city. That's, that's where you start getting to know each other, community, uh, encouraging each other, exhorting each other, rubbing on one another, figuring out each other's stuff. And then one-on-one, which is one of my favorites. I think one-on-one is really when you get to the deep parts of life. You get to the things that we don't talk about in church, you don't talk about it in a small group, but then you get to that one-on-one and you say, okay, here's my root. Here's my source of pain, trauma. Here's the things I can't share with some people. And the best part about the one-on-one when you get to that point, once you get through it, it becomes your testimony. See, it becomes your testimony to go to people. Every time I meet one-on-one with somebody and they get free of something, I go, great, when are you going to give that out? See, that's, the, that's God's model for the ecclesia. Is when we get free, our testimony becomes a PowerPoint for somebody to be able to get set free from the very thing. It's not for us to internalize. It's not for us to keep. Oh, wow, I'm free from alcohol. I'm free from pornography. I'm free from this. I'm free from this. It's for us to go out and say, okay, Lord, who is it in my life or not in my life you're going to bring into my life? to go and get them set free from the very thing that I struggled from because now I'm a walking testimony of your power and your people. That's the thing that, you know, that I love about the one-on-one. And so this leads to transformation and equipping. So it's just we gather. We can't forsake the gathering. You want to add anything on gather before I go anywhere? Okay. Next slide, please. Transform. Outcomes of transformation, physical. I love when we did this. It was great. He would ask me all these questions. And I, a lot of times, if you've been with me before in situations, and I know the leadership team has, and Linda and Randy said for those guys, I search for language. Because I'm trying to find language for what God's saying to me. Because my language sometimes doesn't fit his language. And so I'm going, okay, what, do, what, are, what are you trying to say here? And I look for language. And uh, Brett gave me so much great ways to say, you know, outcomes, physical. Health, financial, and addictions. I think a lot of times, like I'm going to bring up one several times in this, 
Because when we go to the soul, relational, emotional, mental trauma, and spiritual, salvation, beliefs, and values, it's sometimes going to one, you know, when going to one or going to counseling or going to a group or, a lead, or some, someone that can help you, it helps you walk through some of the most unhealthy times of your life. Because all of us have trauma of some sort. It's either dealt with or it's masked in something. And so when we want to gather and be transformed, part of that process is allowing someone or something to cut on you. To get to the very thing of the financial reasons or addictions. I mean, addictions can be not just drugs, alcohol, pornography, and sex. It can be shopping. It can be traveling. Meaning I want to escape my reality. And so the church gives license to some things, right? Because you can take a prosperity doctrine too far and say, oh, but really it's an escapism. Anything that escapes you from reality dealing with yourself, these addictions being dealt with, I know that if any of you have been here with an addiction, once you get set free, it's the most unbelievable thing in the world. I mean, I have been, I have a family of addicts, and when they get set free, it was, it was life-changing. And so... I think when we talk about addictions, we talk about our soul, our relationship, emotional, mental trauma. I guarantee every, each and every one of us had some mental trauma growing up, whether it's from our parents or siblings, aunts, uncles, uh, seventh grade, schoolyard, when you, someone was bullied. You know, all those things mount up to put blocks in our life that impact how we interact with God, how we see God interact with one another. That's why it's so important to be allow God to transform us as he equips us so we can walk through in the most healthy manner. We don't arrive, we just stay in process. That's the thing. Don't be discouraged that there's an arrival point. We're all still in process, just some at different places, because some do the work of saying, this hurts, something's going on, I'm going to go get it worked out. And then what some people do, they start the work, and then they, they stop. It's too painful. Would you be like waking up from a surgery and they're trying to take something out of your body and going, no, I'm done here. <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 you're almost there. You're almost there. Because the on the other side of pain, on the, you know, Kelly says it best, don't waste the pain. On the other side of pain is freedom. On the other side of that pain. So salvation and beliefs and values, I think in the transformation process, my theological view on my values and my beliefs and salvation has changed since I got saved in 1984. Has anybody's, any of those three views of salvation, maybe not, but beliefs and values changed, not changed in the last 10 years? Right. We're evolving, not in a Darwin sense, (laughs) in a revelatory sense. In a revelatory sense, where God un <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be a spider monkey next year. Um, <laughs> we're, we're evolving in our revelation and wisdom, like Chuck prayed earlier, in wisdom and revelation, that he's unpeeling this onion. And when he unpeels the onion, it gives us a choice. And that's what I love about the vision God gave us is that when, when we encounter him and we get new wisdom and revelation, we have a choice. Dig in our heels or walk into the new revelation. Though painful, because it might reveal something that he wants to change in us, 
or change how we act or change what we do or maybe repent for what we've done. I was wrong. I saw this wrong. Boom. Move on. And that's the best part about revelation is you can take it or not. You choose. You choose. See, I love the fact that God gives us personal responsibility to say yes to him. He did the cross. We get to say yes or no. And every one of you that are saved here today, and most probably you are, you said yes one day. You said yes to something different, and then this process starts. So methods. Methods. God's presence, worship, prophecy, gifts. I tell you what, whenever I'm stressed, every time I can just walk into the presence of God and say, Lord. And my picture, when I want to press into God, I picture John laying his head on Jesus' chest at the Last Supper. And I'm 6'3", 220 pounds, and I picture my big old self just laying on his chest going, Lord, I need to hear your heartbeat right now. I need to hear your heartbeat because if I don't, I don't know which way to go. But if I hear your heartbeat, because right now I can take, make a decision in the flesh, I can make a reaction, but I want to hear your heartbeat for this choice, this person, this direction, and especially with my personality as an eight, this person. Because I can, I can be reactionary, and I go, Lord, give me the heartbeat for this person. Because I want to respond the way you respond. I want to speak the way you speak and hear this person the way you want me to hear. Because it's easy for me to do it my way. And so that's how I find myself in God's presence as a method of being transformed with him. And then worship just gets me every time. And prophecy and gifts. I'd, I used to, when I first got filled with the Spirit, and I want to say something about this because we're a prophetic movement. I mean, we're a prophetic uh, body and prophetic culture, and we're in a movement that prophecy is a big deal. Always depend on the presence of God, not the prophecies from the prophets. If you live your life for the next word, you'll never mature. You'll have an index of words never activated in your life. They'll just be shelved. He wants you to walk in the very things. I, 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 there, I love it when people say, well, you know, Lord, I just need a word. I've given you five. You've done nothing with those five. And so yeah, I want to encourage you, if you have words in your life, share them with people. Press into them. Encourage the person that gets a word about writing a book to write a book. And so, especially if you see it here, a reoccurring word, you know, that people that are actually doing life with you, not from afar. Not that a pro prophet from afar can't give you a word that has impact, but a lot of times in your community, it's going to resonate with them. Yeah. And so we don't go off on danger. But in other words, what I'm trying to say is I love prophecy. Just don't make your life dependent upon the prophet. Yeah. Amen? Okay. Next slide. Good. Equip. Outcomes. Portrait of a perfected saint. Well, you know we don't reach perfection, but what does the portrait look like? You know, mature, bearing fruit, gathering others for trans transformation, and equipping. Maturity is duplicating yourself. It's like when you become a, when you're a child, you're not trying to mature other people. Then you become a father or a mother, now you're trying to mature these younger people. So when you get the revelation that you're a father or a mother, then you go and mature sons and daughters. You don't leave them as orphans. So a natural outcome from a transformed process 
should be taking that process and giving it to the very people that need to be grown up and matured to become sons and daughters, right? Okay, that is what the church needs to get. Now, when I'm not, not just y'all, I'm not talking about y'all, us, the church, the whole body, is that not to internalize the church, but to once you have that maturity, once you start bearing fruit and you gather others and you raise them up, not control them, not enable them, but raise them up into sons and daughters. I didn't raise my sons and daughters right now, my two sons that are having grandsons here in the next five months. Woohoo. We didn't raise them not to raise children. In other words, they're not going to call us, baby arrived, your grandson's here, would you come get them? You got to raise them, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> that's, what the, that's a lot of times what we do in the church. Um, Okay, I got saved. I'm feeling good. Could, I see this guy over here, but hey, could you come raise him? It's like, no, everything's in you. You have everything you need through a process of being, of, uh, being transformed to equip others. You're not going to do it perfectly. You're going to make dumb mistakes. Uh, believe me, anybody here that's received ministry from me has been offended. I, could, I mean, anyone here that's ever received ministry from me, I have offended you at least once. Come on, give me an amen. I know it. I am self-aware. I am self-aware, okay? It wasn't intentional, but it doesn't, did, but the first time I offended somebody, I didn't stop ministering to people. The first time someone rejected me, I did not stop ministering to people. The first time someone didn't like the way I said something, well, I'm no good at this. I'm out. No, because there's daughters and sons that still need maturing because that's what God said in Ephesians 4, that we're equipped the saints for the work of the service, the fivefold, but also the body, so we can love people with the fruit of the Spirit, power, the gifts of the Spirit. We can be ambassadors to heaven, ambassadors to heaven, not this world ambassadors to heaven and the fivefold ministry from Ephesians 4 that we draw upon each other's giftings talents <laughs> life experiences because there are experiences guys that you're going through you've shared with nobody and there's people in this body or people that you're close to that have gone through the very same thing that can help you you see you, you can't we we don't want this this vision and what we're going to talk share here in five minutes I'm going to shut down and and the vision that we're going to share is about penetrating culture, but it starts with us. It starts with us, and it's going to be a process. But when we actually go through the methods of penetrating culture, teaching and exhorting, and the last two words are sometimes a sin in church, sacrifice and serve. I'm not talking about a man or a woman. Or, or, or an entity, like you're going to serve the church. No, if you want to serve the church, great. We'd love for you to serve the church. There's a need here. Sacrifice, yeah. May, has any of you mothers and fathers in here ever found your children from 0 to 18 convenient? <laughs> Anyone? Anyone ever find them convenient? If, I, I would love to hear it because it's all a sacrifice. It's all a sacrifice. You're laying your life down for your children so they can mature into adults. And any of you know this, because we've done it with some of ours and you've done it with some of yours, when you enable or do something that 
hinders that. The outcome only is revealed as they get older. And you go, what happened? I go, ah, I remember. Because we, we have to raise these children and make them and help them go into adults, but it's sacrifice. So we do it with our, our blood children, but what about our spiritual? Do we sacrifice time? Do we sacrifice money? Do we sacrifice whatever for someone else? Or are we just here to eat at the fast food restaurant? I think that's my last slide, is it not? So there it is. It's divine completeness. It's gather, transform, equip. Basic foundation of who we are. And I hope this kind of helps give a little more detail into the foundation of who we are. So as Kelly and I share this next thing of where we're kind of, how we see it implemented. Because having a vision with, you know, we're going to talk about some things we've already been doing in a smaller scale. Like, when you hear this, you're going to go, well, we've been doing this. Yeah, some of you don't know what we've been doing. You're new here. You don't know that we had you know, like a sex trafficking house, or we, we gave money to adopt children. Or Are you going to tell my part now? No, I'm not all of it, yeah. But, we, but a lot, no, what I'm trying to set up is a lot of this stuff we've been doing, but now there's a, there's a more, um, I don't know, bigger vision for how we actually impact culture. So I'm going to let Kelly take it from here. Yeah, um, and we don't have to put the slide up just yet, but I, you know, this whole year, as we know, there's been a real shaking Right, And there's been a real refining process. And the Lord has been doing a very, very deep work for those whose hearts are submitted to him and are really growing in intimacy with him. And I feel like um, we'd been seeing through this glass darkly of knowing where we wanted to go but not really knowing. And we're called Kingdom Life, San Antonio. You know, we're Kingdom Life Church. We're about the kingdom. And everywhere Jesus went, he wasn't preaching salvation. Jesus preached the message, the gospel of the kingdom. And it's his realm. The kingdom is way bigger than the church. The kingdom is the seen realm and the unseen realm. There are things that are supposed to be established here that don't exist yet. It's still an uncreated substance form that we are supposed to bring to the earth. Because we are multicultural, multidimensional beings. We might be right here, but we're seated in heavenly places. And we're growing in intimacy with the Father. And like Jesus, Joey, Jesus, like Jesus said... Yes, my daughter. Brother. I'll pay for that later. Like Jesus said over here. Like Joey said over here. Leaning his head against, you know, the Father and listening for what he's saying. Um, I told y'all a couple weeks ago when I preached that I woke up to a conversation of heaven that the glory is being poured out. The glory is being poured out. The glory is being poured out. Is there a container big enough to hold it? And the answer was no. And that the Lord then started to speak to me that his eyes have been roaming to and fro, and he's looking for those whose hearts are turned towards him. He is looking for pure and honorable vessels. And that only means because they are submitted to his heart. They are yielded to him, and he wants to pour himself out through them. The problem sometimes when we begin to say, and, and we're very much about, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, but that gives the false impression that there's something way up there that we're begging God to come and do down here. When the kingdom of God is within us, the glory of God is within us. The glory that is about to be poured out is through you. 
You are the glory of God that he is releasing into the earth. And we believe that we can be a really strategic hub to do that. We feel like what God is showing us is that he is, he is actually a pretty strategic father. He actually does have plans and blueprints. And we've been getting prophetic words for quite some time that he was going to show them to us. And it was like I was seeing it but didn't really clearly know. And then all of a sudden, one morning in the shower, I just saw this picture in front of me. And I think they have the picture that I drew. Um, yeah. And what he started saying to me is he said, Kelly, you all haven't fully understood what it means to take dominion. And what you are going to do is you're going to do good to the earth. And when he is, you know, when he first told Adam and Eve, like, you know, with, that they were created in the image of God and he, and he gave them dominion over the earth. What he was saying is, you are going to carry my glory and the knowledge of the glory of the Lord it is going to be released throughout the earth. And when he started talking to me, he was like, you are going to do good in every sphere of society. And Joey just talked about gather, transform, and, and equip, which is church, which is the um, ecclesia or the ecclesia. And... I believe that we are supposed to be an apostolic hub that is changing culture, influencing society, and that this is the restoration of all things. The truth is, is that Jesus, he is, he is wrapping up history according to the counsel of his will. And he has a people, a bride, the ecclesia. When, let's, well, we don't have to turn to there. When Jesus first, remember when Jesus first used that term is when Peter said, you are the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my ecclesia and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That word, he was using a governmental term, which was a ruling body or a governing body of people called out into the gates of influence to govern the affairs of the city. And that is who you are. We are actually living in such exciting and unprecedented times because I believe the Lord. I know, like, my faith is just, like, exploded. He is about to pour out such massive resources. Like, the gates of heaven have been opened. I have seen it. And those people that I told you that his eyes are he's looking for, he is pouring out resources into people because he knows that he can trust them with them. So in every single one of these areas, we can um, go back to the, yeah, that's great. That's great. So the, the ecclesia, which is the apostolic hub, that's the center. That is the church. And the arts and entertainment, business and entrepreneurship, social justice, government, education, media, family, all of those are going to be influenced by who you are, all of who God is. All of his character and nature, you carry and represent. And during worship, well, I was trying to, because again, I don't really have the language for this yet fully, but I was seeing a picture of it. And of course, the beauty of doing ministry with your best friend for 30 years, four years, however long, is she got up and sang that song. And that is what he told me he was doing, is that I, I immediately saw Ephesians 5. And it was, you know, why I was submit to your husbands, but it was that Christ, that be tenderly devoted or submit to Christ as he is tenderly devoted to his bride, as he sanctifies her by the washing of the water of the word. And he said, I am pouring out rivers of living water through this hub, 
through every sphere of society, what is he pouring out? He is pouring out mercy and kindness and compassion and power and love and forgiveness and deliverance and money. All of this is being poured out through the center. He's the head. In that scripture, we often think of it like because in Western culture, we think of hierarchy. We think it means leader, authoritative person, boss. But Hebrew culture did not see it that way. Head meant the headwaters of a river, the source. So the source that is in the center, the headwaters of the river, that, that living water, the rivers will flow out by you being who you are, representing King Jesus, establishing his kingdom, taking dominion, releasing glory into every sphere that we get to come into. And what I love, and I am not, a, I, I know the seven mountains, I don't really study it or I've not, I don't think about it a lot, so you might go, well, that's just the seven mountains. But what is a little bit different is I believe that we, the ecclesia, have always been the ones. It's not just a spoke on the hub. We're actually the ones that all of this is supposed to flow through. It's like, so for government, I mean, we want to rely on politics, but we're actually about government. We carry authority and power and governmental influence. So why not us to solve the border crisis? Right. Like, why not? We have the, we, Chuck, we prayed for wisdom and revelation, and Joey talked about it. I believe that God is going to begin to give wisdom, strategies, solutions, inventions, innovation through people. Because we are saying, why not us, God? Here I am. Send me. I will be the solution that goes and takes care of this issue. So we can whiteboard together a little bit if you want. I mean, we can go to each one of those slides. These are by no means any kind of a list. I don't know which next one is. Um, arts and entertainment. One of the things, one of the dreams in our heart is that we also believe that um, a lot of times the church has, we take art and so we just think it's just Christian art. So it has to have a Christian theme. And, and we're about, no, the art is the beauty of God. He is the master artisan. I love Proverbs 8, and especially in the Passion Translation. Wisdom is saying, I was there rejoicing and delighting in the children of men, dancing while God created the universe. Wisdom, the master artisan, he's beautifully painting and creating. We are made in the image of creator God. You and I are made to create You and I are made to invent, to solve. And I feel like the church um, for many, forever has abdicated our authority and our responsibility to government, to other institutions, to world systems. And I believe that prophetically God is saying, now is the time that my bride will arise, that the true ecclesia is going to do and stand in a place, stand and possess the gates of the enemy. We get to stand and influence society by the loving king that he is. And I want to just read you this because I think this is telling before we look at each one of these. While you're looking for the verse, can I reiterate one thing? Sure. It's Because I think the amount of misuse you said it is that the church, the ecclesia, is no longer a spoke. It's the hub. It's not like one of the mountains. I said that. I know I said you said it. I just want to make sure because it's the most important thing. Come on, come on, Unagi, um, because it's the most important you. thing, because we, if we make it a, a spoke, then it's just one of the things in the process, but it's the hub. It should be the governmental body. That's what I think it's us taking our rightful place. I feel yeah. like it is, this is where we've always supposed to have been, it is the rightful place um, of what he wants. But 
we talk a lot in here about mature sons and God, sons of God, and and sometimes in the church we just like to hang out with people that look like us, talk like us, vote like us, and. I believe that he's really wanting just to expand our horizons and actually look at what a Jesus say was it was to be a son of God. And this just stuck out to me this morning, but Matthew 5, 43, he says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. If you want to be a son of God, Jesus is saying, this is what it looks like to be a son of God. It's really easy to love those that love you. But what if you love those that don't? What if you love the very ones that are persecuting you, slandering you, accusing you? Those are the ones if, that I am looking for that if, if you are willing to go out and will you love them? Will you? He's saying that he reigns on the just and the unjust. Who are you willing to reign on? He wants to be radically generous. He wants to radically bless. So every day when I get up, I have an opportunity. What can I do today that shows radical generosity to somebody? That shows the kindness of the Father. That goes out of my way to be an extreme blessing to someone. And again, I believe that not only individually, but I believe God is going to pour out resources to do some of the things that we want to do. So music, film, works of art, you can think about all the different ways of arts and entertainment. Um, Social justice, homelessness, trafficking, food scarcity, foster care, pregnancy centers, adoption, Like, we know that even within this body, there are people that carry these desires in your heart. Some of you are already doing this work. And what we're saying is we're not going to go and start a kingdom life adoption center at a kingdom like this. We are investing into people. We We talk all the time about in the church, we're building up big people. But now we're we're also building and investing in people outside. Much of our attention has been about the gathering. Much of our attention is about the church service itself or what do we do in church. And I feel like the Lord is saying, great, you have that. That is necessary. And now you're going to turn and pour out. Do you see? If our highest goal is to be the largest revival megachurch in the nation, if that's our highest end, then we are missing it. That is asking people to come in here. Everyone then would have to come in here. But what we're saying is that, yes, come in. Yes, we're going to gather. Yes, you're going to get transformed. Yes, there's the equipping process so that King Jesus can go out and bless, do good to the earth. So that humanity is saved and healed and delivered and radically blessed so that we get to so into all of these different areas, whatever is on your heart, we want to hear it. We want to dream together. Joey said a couple weeks ago, can you dream? Can we dream together? How can we reach these areas? What can we do with those of you sitting in here? You want, you want to? No, go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I would say this, is that dreaming together allows everyone to participate. Everyone plays in this game. It's not just church. It's not just leadership. He said, usually people are used to a leadership team or a church saying, here's what we're going to do. It's like, no, no, no. When we dream together, it's like when um, 
the, the gauges, you know, needed needs down on the south side. When the um, food bank was running out of money in our church, we gave them $20,000. We didn't start a food bank. We funded a food bank. Does it, you see what I'm saying? That if there's, you know, when, when there was a need to get women out of sex trafficking, we, we had a house. We lost the lease, but we had a house with six, eight beds. And so there's things that we've already done. Adoption. We've sown into people that in this body and out of this body that adopted. We didn't start an adoption center with overhead. And so we're going to talk more about that in a minute, the cost, the overhead yeah, and good. things. Um, business and entrepreneurship. I, we have such a heart for this. I feel that, especially in this body, you know, and even with Joey and Jeff or full-time business, is that there's a really strong anointing here for entrepreneurship and for business. And I feel like what's really exciting to me right now is I, we believe in, in investing in people to go ahead and see them be successful in the dream on their heart too. And, um, it's like even recently, I just believe that God is beginning to drop things into people's spirit, new ideas for new businesses that he wants to bless, that he knows need to feed the earth. And we even are involved personally with, you know, with something that's like new technology, new platforms, new currency. One of the young businessmen in the church called Joey and he's like, hey, do you have a minute and you want to be a billionaire with me and I'm going to share my billion dollar idea and as I was listening, I was like, that is a billion-dollar idea. And y'all, I'm telling you, God wants to expand our thinking. Joey mentioned the prosperity gospel a minute ago. It has nothing to do with that. We have gotten prophetic word over prophetic word that there's going to be so much abundance that we literally just get to turn around and feed many. We don't, we're not keeping it to build bigger barns for ourselves. Lord knows we don't need that. What we want to do is be a complete funnel that he gets to pour out to every single, we want to be a blessing in our city, in our region, in our nation, in the state. We want to be, be go out globally. But right now, what can we do in this city? Can I add to this? What do we need to do? Yeah. Can I add to the entrepreneur side? You know, I've said this for years uh, in, in in other groups. Is like, could you imagine? Well, that's not good. Could you imagine when the church? Doesn't, is not so dependent upon its people in the city and the people around. But the people became, the, the church was a resource to the people. Oh, gosh, they're going to ask me for money. But could you imagine if we actually had the impact when there was need, they came to the church? Because entrepreneurs are being funded and resourced by the church. I asked pastors all the time. I said, you know, when full-time uh, pastors, I said, or even prophets, have you thought about praying for a business idea from heaven, taking it to an entrepreneur, saying, hey, here's the, here's the idea I have. Okay, you fund it. I just want 5 10% of the company. I'm going to pray and intercede and be part of the board. And so, in other words, I'm going to get myself out of dependency upon the church that the, actually the church and the ministry become resources to the very people we're after. And it takes resources. I'm not saying we're going to have a $10 billion fund. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying we have people. And people are resources. And people have resources. And so on the entrepreneurial side and the training side, there's men and women in here that can train people to be more efficient and thoughtful provoking entrepreneurs to create something. Because some of you might have an idea but just don't know how to implement it. Well, guess what? That's the training aspect. It's not some complicated 10-week computer program. 
It's actually working with somebody that started a company that funds companies, private equity, venture capital, PE, you know? I think, and then when it comes to funding companies, I think there's such an opportunity missed by the kingdom of God. Yeah, no, that's good. It's really important. Um, okay, we don't necessarily have to hit each of these slides. If we could just go back to the picture, because I, I think what I feel like is important is that we just recognize that there, sitting in this room, so many people, you're already doing it. You already have a heart for it. God's put a desire in your heart for it. But we want to know that. Like, we want to say that we want to partner and investing in you and the dreams and desires that you have and going out and reaching in our city and doing all of these, the different things that are right here. And also, I just feel like right now it is really time that he wants us to dream with him. And I love to talk about quantum physics and I love all that all potentiality and possibility is out there. It's just waiting to be observed and pulled down into this reality. But I'm telling you that God is saying, if you will have faith and dare to believe that I want to bring and do those very things, I'm telling you he's going to do it. I'm telling you that he's saying, who will just dare to believe and take God at his word that that little tiny thing that sounded insane, but I think it's an invention and I think it's actually going to bring reformation to the prison system. It's going to be reformation to the education system that God wants to birth that thing and he wants to fund it. And so hearing from us, like, I just, I feel like this is not necessarily new, but I want you to know that it is our heart that we actually, in a strategic and massive way, want to begin to go out and be the church. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that just to kind of clarify on some of these, one of the things that I've been, when, when we've been talking about it, when the six of us have been talking about it, I've been talking to people Around, around the country about this processing. You're like, I, I want to process this stuff. And um, it's not, it's not, you know, and it, because to my message, we have to de-churchify our thinking because as soon as someone brings up a topic, we okay, what's, what's the box I put that in? What church box do I put that in? For instance, like um, uh, edu edu or education. Well, we need everything Christian. No, how about just everything that has, how about some honor and value and kingdom values in something without being Christian? That we actually go into an education, education system and not try to put Bible verses in the curriculum, but actually put some kingdom values Value. into the curricular system. Instead of running in the, this is darkness. We know that. <laughs> Let's shine a little light. You know, and, you know, when you think about movies, I mean, it was great. I was talking to Michael Malden this morning, and we were, you know, like um, the giant movie. I forget the name. Facing the Giants. Great story. Great story. Good, good movie, and the Christians really loved it. But what about, like, remember, remember the Titans? Nothing biblical but a kingdom movie about believing in people. What about funding something like that and getting out of our church box of we have to say so many verses to make an official Christian movie, but no one ever watches it, it never shows up at the Grammys. But we actually have movies that have kingdom values that are actually doing something. Sex trafficking. You know, I'd love to find another house. I would love to find another house 
instead of just posting about sex trafficking. We all know it's there. It's been there. But if we actually solve the problem, and some of you are the solution to that problem, okay? But one thing I do have to say, it takes, this doesn't start tomorrow. It doesn't start next week. We don't have this big plan it to that, okay, here's the program. Because it takes you with ideas and resources and dreaming. Because you might come up and say, hey, I got this idea. Okay, great. We might not do it. But can you dream without being offended? That's what I loved about being with Brett is that I could process with him and I was a safe place. He'd go, well, Joe, have you thought about this? I didn't go, of course I thought about that. No, it was a safe place to process and whiteboard and dream. And that's what we want to be for all of us, a safe place to dream and say, no, I don't know if that's it. Maybe it is it. But that we can actually fund, th- fund things that actually impact our world. That actually the city sees the impact and comes to us. Not for our money. I'll say it this way. I sat with Kelly last night, and Billy Graham used to be invited to Congress, the White House, and when there was worldwide problems, people asked him for his answer. And not every time did he speak. He just listened. Not every time he, he listened. And he didn't try to baptize the person. He would give him wisdom. Of course he'd give him God's wisdom. Could, can we be invited into places that people just want our wisdom? Because we have heavenly solutions to the world's problems without beating them over the head of what they need to look like in order to get our help? That we can actually walk into a business? I mean, I loved it when you guys, some of you guys here, went into the strip joints with Jesus Says Love and ministered to the strip joints. I mean, they must have felt so loved. And you brought them gifts and you prayed over them and asked for nothing in return. And the men were outside talking to the car parkers and the managers. Taste and see. He is good. That if we can dream with him, his dreams are good. So I want to kind of... Yeah, and you know, and we've had people also that go into businesses and without using churchy Christianese language, they're prophesying over businesses by saying that they're giving them encouraging you know, and they're like speaking in a language that, that businessman can hear that's get bringing value to his company. That we can actually be naturally supernatural people. We don't have to be weird. You know, we can like roll around and I can like shake and do whatever here, but out there I get to go and be, a, and I might do that. <laughs> but out there, I want them to be able to receive my message and hear what I'm saying. And so that's what we want to do. And I know that so many of you are already doing this, but we just really wanted to share our hearts. I think we're going to have to wrap it up in a second. Of where we really do feel like we want to be going, and we want to hear from you guys. We want to, like, be able to whiteboard. Tonight was just, like, throw paint up there and, like, give you some ideas of what we're seeing and what we feel like God is doing. But I believe, I was also reminded during worship, and Brittany sang that song, which is an old song, that sanctuary song. But I was already seeing that vision that Ezekiel had. And Ezekiel 1, um, the prophet Ezekiel sees the global sanctuary of God. 
It was the throne of God, and there's flashes of lightning, and there's those four living creatures, and they each had a different face, and there was wheels within wheels, and there were eyes in the wheels, and it said that everywhere the spirit wanted to go, they would move, which physically makes no sense because they're like facing in all directions, but you would see this throne of God, the mobile sanctuary of God, and it says that, and he saw the glory of the Lord being poured out. And I believe that's what's happening. I believe that as we are listening to the spirit of God, we get to go and move with him. And it doesn't make sense in the natural. And we don't know how we're actually being able to resource this, but it's because it's what the spirit wants to do. And we are bending our ear to hear and say, here we are, God. Yes, we will go. Yes. Send us. We want to be poured out. We want to be a drink offering. We offer you our lives. And I know that that's the kind of people that you all are here. And so, anyway, I am super excited. I feel like we are living in the most exciting times. I know that it still kind of seems crazy, but I am telling you, we are going to come up, and it is just going to be the most amazing thing, and we are going to be pinching ourselves that we get to be a part of it. So, So I'm so excited. It just takes a shift because, believe me, we've been in ministry for 30-something years, and our first default is to what we know versus what God is saying. And so it's a mind shift to where we get out of the church box, get out of our church mindset, mm-hmm. and shift and think on different things and be open to what God is doing. Because it's like right now, probably a lot of people think, well, where are you going to get the money? I don't know yet. Where, do you have an idea? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So who wants to do this? I don't know yet. But I know there's opportunities in this body to empower. We're going to be an empowering body. And we, are, we have been. It's just getting people to realize it's a safe place to come and be empowered into doing something you want to do. What is your heart that can impact the city? And if it's kingdom, what I mean by that is that it's, it's the, hu- the hub is the kingdom of God. And this is a spoke that actually we're going to go in and be kingdom. We're going to bear, be fruit bearers and glory bearers and presence bearers into these, into these environments. Man, let's go change it. Let's go yeah. change the world. Does that excite anybody or is it just Kelly? Yeah. Because we want to see, we, we really do. I mean, we really do. Right now, I mean, I, I just love, I think, you know, we, there's, there's so many opportunities to serve this city with everything going on, you know. But I thought, that's why I said that a couple weeks ago. I'd love to find out a solution for the border, that the church is actually the solution. Yeah. Not, not just a small portion, but the solution. Well, yeah. They actually call the church, but what was that? Public service announcement by Emory. Um, some of you guys might be aware that, that, and I may be behind since I haven't been really watching the news, but I know last week they were calling for volunteers to go down to Joe Freeman 